Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Bleeding Green Nation is on the clock as part of SB Nation's writer mock for the 2019 NFL Draft. I am your host for this special BGN Radio episode, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. It's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Eight Year Streak Without a Bad Day, Benjamin Solak. Ben, how you doing, brother? Oh, come on, Mike. Every day is a good day to be alive, especially when we get to pick Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at 25. Not what we're doing. BLG, Brandon <laughs> Gowton on Twitter. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, guys. Obviously, I am the executive vice president of football <laughs> operations in this situation. I am Howie Roseman. So, Ben, obviously, I get the final say here. Does that make me Hallaby? Because I feel like he and I both look I, like we're I 14 so. years old. So, I feel like that's cool. And then, Mike, you can be Joe Douglas. And it's like you let yourself go and you became Joe. I love that. So yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to go through these picks because we're at pick 25 now with this writer's mock. You can find it at SBNation.com. Obviously, we're going to have a post up on this at BleedingGreenNation.com going into a little bit more depth about what's going on here. But here's what's happened. There are 24 picks that have happened before us. Now, I have to make the case for my guy. Ben has to make the case for his guy. And then BLG is going to have the ultimate decision. So before we get into that, Guys, is there anyone that stands out for you as far as who's been picked already? Because there's been some weird ones right before us. We'll, we'll kind of go leading up to us. At 20 was Byron Murphy to the Steelers. 21, the Seahawks took Jerry Tillery from Notre Dame, defensive tackle. So he's off the board for us. We started to see DK Metcalf, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss slide. And we're like, that would be an interesting conversation considering the guys that the Eagles have brought in for visits. He went to the Ravens at 22. Houston, Texas take Greedy Williams, cornerback. So that's a cornerback off the board for the Eagles. So that saves us some trouble. Oakland Raiders take Noah Font, tight end out of Iowa, which saves us having a very interesting discussion about 13 personnel. Uh, also some big names off the board, Cody Ford, Garrett Bradbury, Andre Dillard, Cleveland Farrell, Jonah Williams, they're all off the board. The major tackles, a lot of the major edges are off the board. How did how did this thing shape out for you guys? Yeah, so I was a little bit surprised here with the picks, or the players, I should say, still available at number 25. Uh, definitely some guys who interested me still. You know, I think you look at a lot of mock draft situations these days, especially some of the ones from like ESPN and Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, and you get to number 25, and you don't always love the options there at that pick. And especially with those guys, those analysts that I already referenced usually have the Eagles taking a box safety or a cornerback <laughs> at number 25. Um, not my favorite options there at that pick. So uh, I was very pleased kind of with how the board fell here. I mean, ideally, there might have been an edge available or an offensive tackle. That would have been the most ideal potentially but I'm still pretty happy with the picks available here at number 25. I mean, Christian Wilkins is on the board. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is on the board. Chris Lindstrom on the board. 
there's a lot, Josh Jacobs, yep. you know, everyone's favorite running back, obviously still on the board. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like we almost can't go wrong in this situation. So you put a poll up on Twitter, if I'm not mistaken, asking about, I think it was those four prospects, because you obviously have the need at running back. You have a short term and possibly a long term need, depending on Isaac Ciamalo, how you see him, the recovery of Brandon Brooks at interior offensive line, which is why that guard Chris Lindstrom from Boston College was put in there. He was worked out by Jeff Stoutland at his pro day. And then the obvious guys that we always pound the table for on the Kiss and Solak show, Christian Wilkins and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. What did the poll results give you on that, BLG, from the fans? Yeah, so you'll be shocked to hear this, but Josh Jacobs was very popular, but not first. Um, He came in second, uh, even though the Eagles traded for Jordan Howard and clearly uh, do not value the running back position very highly. I mean, you know, I tweeted this out on uh, Monday following the news of Josh Adams having shoulder surgery this offseason that, you know, you look at the Eagles leading rusher since 2014 and that player hasn't been on the roster the next year. So um, definitely a position of flux for this team. Despite that, I mean, he's still one of the most popular options for them. That's not surprising to me because, you know, fans always want a running back. But he's not number one. Number one would be Christian Wilkins, yeah, um, who is obviously another popular mock draft target and a player who, in my opinion, fits what the Eagles need and would be very intriguing for them at that spot. So Wilkins overall is the favorite. And I think there's a lot of feeling amongst Eagles fans that he's not necessarily going to be there at number 25. And I feel the same way. Um, But there are some scenarios that have him dropping, such as this one. And that intrigues me. So, BLG, out of those four guys, there's two guys that me and Ben are going to be arguing about. I might as well spoil it for later, but I'm going to be arguing the case for Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. Ben is going to be arguing the case for the safety from Florida, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, who was an official visit for the Eagles. So that leaves two guys out from the poll, including a very popular one in Josh Jacobs running back out of Alabama. So we've talked about Chris Lindstrom as well in our needs podcast. I think that was episode 89. And then we did our rankings for those positions on episode 90 of the Kiston Solak show. And we talked about interior offensive line. If they don't take one early, we don't really see the necessity to take one later on unless it's like a late, late developmental type because we're looking for an instant upgrade there. And if not, you're probably rocking with Matt Pryor as as your depth piece there. So Ben, I'll kick it to you and I'll have you describe why we aren't debating Josh Jacobs and Chris Lindstrom in this scenario. Well, I simply think that when you're talking about a round one player, you're expecting a, a year one contributor, right? It's what we, we always want to put the rounds of players into the framework of what they mean for your team. Round one guys are going to contribute in year one. It's hard to find a path for an interior offensive lineman like Chris Lindstrom to contribute in year one because it seems to me very clear that the Eagles have their left guard starter in Isaac Samalo. And right now, from what I understand of Brandon Brooks' recovery, it's not to the point where he's expected to miss the majority of 2019. And accordingly, they don't really need that starter at right guard. Maybe they need a guy to fill in in the beginning of the season, but I don't think... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be something they need to address with a round one pick. So Lindstrom, while uh, clearly is a guy who the Eagles have done work on, has some tackle versatility. Maybe as interesting as a round two guy, you know, if he's still there, the value makes sense. 
round one to me doesn't make a lot of sense. And, and with Josh Jacobs, well, certainly there's more of a space for a running back to contribute in year one. There's no doubt about that. But are we talking about uh, uh, the Eagles giving one player 20 plus touches a game at the running back position? It's not what we've seen them do under under Doug Peterson and under Deuce Staley. It's not the, the way that they like to deploy their running backs. And they already clearly have pieces in place in terms of Jordan Howard, in terms of Corey Clement and Darren Sproles where they, they're going to go by committee. You know, even if they loved Jacobs round one and they wanted to get him round one, it's not like they'd be giving him a lion's share of the touches, a dominant bell cow amount of the touches, because they have committee pieces in place that they like and that they've worked to acquire. So neither player makes sense at, at a value at 25, whereas a guy like a Christian Wilkins, immediate rotational rusher, has the ability to, to enter, you know, long and late sets, and you get him and Fletch on the field next to each other. Or Chauncey, who immediately becomes your safety through your big nickel. These guys have clear year one roles and as well as saliency. They're going to matter in year two and year three. So with that said, let's get into the two guys and we'll start giving our pitches here. BLG, I'll ask you and you'll kind of set set up how we want to do this. Who are you leaning towards right now? So of the options I have on the board here, I mean, Christian Wilkins is my guy. But I will say that, you know, it's really kind of a a two-man race here in that I was really debating, or I am really debating between Christian Wilkins and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Okay. So with that said, I'll let Ben go first and give his pitch and try to sway you early on so that I can come with the hammer later on. Ben, do you want to give your pitch? For Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as the Eagle selection at pick 25 overall. I certainly will. So, uh, BLG, my buddy, my friend, my, my ally, how have you been? You been well? I've been Family's good. doing good? Family's doing good. I'm glad to hear it. You you uh, you watched Sidney Jones when he played in Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. And and, and do you remember watching, the, the, he had a couple other members of that secondary uh, who were good players. Remember watching Buda Baker, that safety? Did you watch him at all? Yeah, the guy that uh, Nelson Aguilar crossed over in the uh, Cardinals game <laughs> last year. Okay, I'm going to take a different approach now because he has one memory and it's Nelson Aguilar one round. When we talk about safeties at the next level, increasingly becoming valuable is versatility. You talk with with Eagles safety coach Tim Hawk, you need to have safeties who can spin, safeties who have ball skills. This is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson to a T. You talked about, you know, all people are, are, are... mocking box safety to the Eagles. Chauncey Garner-Johnson is a box safety. He's a deep safety. He's a split half safety. He's a nickelback. He's everything you could possibly want in a player. His versatility is like that of Malcolm Jenkins, where Jenkins lines up at linebacker, and he lines up at corner, and he lines up at safety. Chauncey can do everything on the field you can ask a safety to do. There have been inconsistencies in his film across the course of his time at Florida. That being said, it's, it's well known now that the Florida coaching staffs previous to Dan Mullen, the Will Muschamp staff back in 2017, was so poor in terms of development that these players were just kind of out there flying by the seat of their pants. Chauncey's out there with, with two interceptions and seven pass breakups playing deep safety, which isn't even his ideal role. It's not even where he was trained to be best. In 2018, he moves closer to the line of scrimmage, starts playing a ton more nickel, and he's unbelievably effective. Fantastic production as well. So Chauncey in year one, immediately the big nickel. He's going to be the best coverage safety. I said it, the best man coverage safety for the Eagles if he's selected at 25. Jenkins is getting older. He's losing some of his juice. Chauncey steps in. He is that big nickel option. And you're developing him as the deep safety to replace Rodney McLeod. He and Malcolm Jenkins have unbelievable versatility as the two starters in 2020 and beyond. They can spin. They can rock and roll. They can rotate. And they're both incredibly strong in man coverage. So you never have to worry about tight end and running back matchups. Wilkins is a good player. 
You can get pass rushers on the interior, especially a third pass rusher after the first round in this class. You can't get a player like Chauncey. Yeah, I I think the opposite. I think you can get a ton of safeties in the second round at 53 and 57. I've got eight guys that I could comfortably select there. But I will say, as far as Chauncey Gardner-Johnson goes, we both have him at the exact same spots on our boards. Like, if Christian Wilkins goes before this, I have... Zero reservations about taking him there. He's 15th on our big boards, both of us. I love the player, and I agree with the pitch, and I like the sell there. I just have somebody I like more. We're going to dig into that player. I'm going to give my pitch. We'll see if Benjamin Solak was able to sway the Supreme Leader, BLG, after the break here on Bleeding Green Nation. May he forever reign. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back here on Bleeding Green Nation for the SB Nation Writer's Mock. So Benjamin Solek has given his pitch for the selection at 25 for the Eagles, pounded the table for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I'd love the pick. But a guy that I'd love more than that. And there's a big separation between me and Ben here on this guy. So let's have the long tease, long away discussion about Christian Wilkins, the defensive tackle out of Clemson. 12th overall player on my board. Ben, I think you have him around 26, 27, I believe. 26. Yeah, 26. So there's a gulf there. Here's what I see when I watch Christian Wilkins. First off, let's get some basic information out of the way. And I'll throw in some analytics. So we've got 6'3", 315, tested above average overall for that weight, which was to be expected. Really didn't change my grade, but it was a nice box to check. Looking at his production, very accomplished, very consistent four-year player, nine tackles for loss and five sacks in 2017. And then in 2018, had 14 tackles for loss with five and a half sacks. So some analytical nuggets to go along with that. His average depth of tackle is at 0.8 yards, which is better than all the top prospects around him that you'd consider. So that's a sign that he's either penetrating and making plays in the backfield, or he's at least holding the line, taking care of his gap, meaning he's not getting blown off a few yards and then sticking an arm out and getting a tackle. Per the 2019 Sports Info Solutions Rookie Handbook, fifth out of 24 interior defensive linemen at 42 pressures, fifth in pressure rate at 12.2%. So the analytical profile is good as well. In terms of where he was aligned at Clemson, you hear a lot of talk of him as a three-tech and benefiting from Dexter Lawrence soaking up blocks at nose tackle or one-tech. But he actually took, Wilkins did, 44% of his snaps at what SIS is defining as nose tackle. That's only 4% less than Dexter Lawrence. So 44% at nose tackle, 53% at defensive tackle or three tech, and then the rest is at defensive end. It's like one and a half percent. I think we're all projecting him though as a three tech in the NFL, but there's some good extra context there, especially when it comes to his production at the college level. So here's what I see from Wilkins from a technique and traits perspective. Explosive upfield first step, quick and violent with his hands initially, 
good disruptor both in the pass and run game. Now, some some negatives. I feel like he could do a better job when his initial pass rush is stoned. I think that's where you see the activation of his hands be a little bit late. And I also think against the run, he doesn't lock out as well as you would like. I think that has something to do with his below average arm length and wingspan. I think that can get better with some refined technique. Overall, though, he still disengages well in the run game. I like the toolbox that he has in terms of the rush moves. When he wins early, he's got the flexibility ability and quickness to make an impact on an offense for a defense. I think you see a guy with the package, the full package to consistently create pressure and dictate terms to offensive linemen and stress their pass sets. And lastly, you have a guy who's got pretty good range and makes a fair amount of plays outside of the core of the formation working down the line laterally. And what helps him in this area with this pursuit? And I think motor in general gets a little overhyped at times because we're really talking about a bad player that works like a dog to be decent. I don't think that's the case with Wilkins. He has a nonstop motor that only serves to accentuate his already existing strengths. And you're also talking about a guy who everybody is saying has a tremendous work ethic and football character. He's culture agnostic. You put him in any locker room and he's going to be a plus in that regard. And with the Eagles, we know they like to build through those trenches and really get that rotation going, ease the burden on guys like Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, put them in better situations late in games where they're not having to work 80% of the snaps. You work that rotation with them. I think you're really cooking with gas with the pass rush. As far as what he's going to give you from a year one impact, it's either just as good as Chauncey's going to give you or better, and then allows you later on down the line to continue to build through those trenches without having to really reach for something. Ben, any nitpicky thing you have to say about that argument? Well, I mean, obviously, like, you know, I stopped listening halfway through because it was super. <laughs> no, uh, two things stand out to me. Number one, yeah, really good tackle depth, but I would argue playing on, on the Clemson defensive line, it's not hard to get really good tackle depth. You don't want to run anywhere on that defensive line. It's not like in that Oliver situation where you just run where he isn't, you know what I mean? So to me, I don't like that. The other thing is a year one impact as compared to Chauncey. I just simply think Chauncey would play, number one, a higher degree of the snaps. And number two, I don't think that Wilkins has the, the year one impact that Chauncey does in terms of just his, his ability, which obviously goes back to the fact that I have Chauncey ranked at 15 and I have Wilkins ranked at 26. But I think yeah. I think Chauncey is just objectively a better player and has more uh, exciting playmaking ability. I think that the Eagles desperately need that ball, those ball skills in the secondary. And that's where I think those impacts would come in his ability to generate pass breakups and turnovers. Put a percent on what you think the amount of snaps we would get out of Chauncey versus Wilkins. Oh, wow. I mean, like... I think Wilkins gets about 40% of the snaps. Right. Well, it's tricky for Chauncey because it depends on how healthy Ronnie McLeod is and how long. You know what I mean? Like, it's... While McLeod is healthy, I think that Chauncey's getting 30, 35% of the snaps per game early. Mm. But McLeod potentially not being healthy to start out the year means Chauncey's going to be getting 85% of the snaps during those games. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's a situation there that we don't know. There is some unknown. But like, right. if McLeod is healthy, who are you taking off the field? Are you taking Maddox off the field? You take, I mean, who, who, who gets taken out when they run those big nickel, big dime sets that they like to run? If, if Chauncey's on the team and you're in nickel... You're probably going like Sewell, Darby, and then Maddox. But mm. once you get to six, I think it's Chauncey. And then also it's going to be situational because Chauncey is, is bigger than Maddox and is going to be better against bigger slots than Maddox is comfortably. So they can run more nickel against like 12 yeah. personnel. And it's very important to note, like it's, it's very hard to say what that setup's going to be because the Eagles have to figure out their corner situation. And so I don't know yeah. who the heck's playing in the slot. Like if it's Mills 
or if it's Sydney, or if it's Maddox, it changes when Chauncey makes sense when he doesn't in this hypothetical. You yeah. know what I mean? So there's a lot to figure out on the secondary. Just the moral of the story to me is we need a guy who can play deep in 2020, and we need a, a safety three just to provide depth now because of injury. And to me, that's Chauncey. I also can't believe that you would slander Trayvon Hester in this way. Every, as everybody knows, I'm the biggest Trayvon Hester fan there ever was. And I cannot believe you do not uh, you doubt his ability to be defensive tackle three. Shame on you. Uh, no, I think he's going to be DT4. I said shame I on he's... you. <laughs> BLG, do you have any questions for us before you make your final selection? Are you wavering at all? I'm not wavering. I like both of these options a lot, I will say. like I'm not disappointed in either of these guys. It's not so much about trying to tear down the other guy that I don't want. Because, again, I'd be happy with both of them. But I think I'm going to go off the board here entirely and surprise you guys with my pick. With number 25 overall, I want to take Daniel Jones from Duke. Because, no, I'm (laughs) just It's not even a funny game. It's not even a funny game. I'm sorry. Yeah, don't even joke. (laughs) I just just wanted to see if the listeners were still paying attention. And I'm sure they are now. Uh, Yeah, so I like these options, both of them, a lot. I see the case for both positions too i know we don't love drafting for need but that's not what i see this as i see this as two very talented players around the same level of talent just at different needs so that's where i'm kind of bringing the need into the conversation and i think ben makes good points about safety i mean malcolm jenkins turns 32 this year he said he wanted to play 10 years in the nfl and i think this past season was his 10th year you know so he's clearly approaching and he just played literally the entire season last year like he did not miss yep. a yeah. single defensive snap so there is a lot of wear and tear on his body and i don't think he's missed very many snaps at all really since coming yeah. to philly especially so that concerns me roddy mcleod coming off acl mcl whatever he had a significant knee injury that concerns me and i think he's 29 and he also will be a free agent after this year so that's definitely a position they would ideally need to address especially too because you have andrew sandejo on your roster right now and he's currently counting against the eagles compensatory pick formula and if you cut him you can potentially get a fourth round pick the pick that the eagles are supposed to get for jordan hicks if you take Sendejo out of the comp pick formula so there's some real intrigue to getting a safety and um, being able to keep him around instead of Sendejo so I see that I also see defensive tackle because last year was just really depressing what the Eagles had at defensive tackle I mean they were signing freaking T.Y. McGill at certain points Ben didn't even know when or when he wasn't even on the team at times last year allegedly allegedly You had Trayvon Hester who, you know, stepped up. But I mean, like, you, like at, at certain points, you know, you also had Bruce Hector on the right. It just, it wasn't ideal. It wasn't good. Uh, you look at how the Eagles had success back in 2017. It was when they rotated their defensive line heavily. You know, they could count on Bo Allen to step in. They had that depth there. They had Timmy Jernigan. And I just, I, I want to get that spot fixed. I feel like, you know, that's how, what this Eagles team believes in. They believe in investing through the trenches, building through the trenches. That's what won them a Super Bowl. And I think for that reason, I have to take Christian Wilkins at number 25. I think he checks a lot of boxes for me just in terms of versatility and production and the character, as Mike said. And just he's my draft crush for me. I just see him being on the board and I see the Eagles sprinting to the podium if he's there. Now, uh, I feel like he could potentially be a trade-up target because I don't think he necessarily falls there. Once again, like if I'm a betting man, I have to bet that he is not going to be there at number 25. Ben, your rankings would indicate that he would be, potentially. Mike, yours would. He'd be way gone before uh, <laughs> that pick would be made at number 25. So we'll be interested to see if this is actually 
a realistic selection in that way. But I would love to have Christian Wilkins. I guess one of the biggest knocks against him or, or one thing I'm concerned about, and I know, Ben, you're not huge on prospect aids as we've talked about in the past but he will be turning 24 right. in his rookie season and that kind of makes me like wonder at least a little bit like that's something that i don't love mm. you know i'd love for him to be a 21 year old and then you have him you know like Derek barnett again another guy that ben does not love but Derek barnett is still okay 22 this is, years this, old. i like a lot of people <laughs> yeah. literally hate Derek barnett literally hate christian wilkins but <laughs> yep. in spite of this I'm going to take Christian Wilkins at number 25 overall. Ben, 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 Ben. What? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta let this out. Let's go! Listen, listen. My friend, <laughs> my my friend went to prom with Christian Wilkins in high school. He took her to prom. So I knew this was coming a long time ago. That's how that works. <laughs> so Christian Wilkins is the guy we're taking to prom for the SB Nation Boo. Writer's Mock 25th overall. I know that was terrible. Uh, BLG. Thank you for joining us for this. We'll we'll have all this information up on bleedinggreennation.com. Go check that out. Ben, would you say goodbye to the gentle listeners and accept your humiliating defeat here on this show? No. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Kiss and Soul Like Show here on Bleeding Green Nation. We do appreciate you swinging by. And, of course, uh, we're very thankful that the Supreme Leader BLG, may he forever reign, deigned to come and sully himself with us lowly draft analysts. The draft, almost a week away. Uh, Christian Wilkins, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, two players. Hopefully the Eagles will have the option of selecting when they get there at 25. For all the draft prep you need coming up into the end of April, make sure you are subscribed to the channel BGN Radio on iTunes or whatever app you listen to your podcast, bleedinggreennation.com is the spot for all the written content as well. Mike's big board is up there if you want to go take a gander and make fun of him for having uh, for having Christian Wilkins in his top 15. I've been Benjamin Solak on Twitter, at Benjamin Solak, that's S-O-L-A-K, he's Michael Kist on Twitter, at Michael Kist NFL, KSD, he's been Brandon Lee Gowan on Twitter, at Brandon Gowan, that's G-O-W-T-O-N. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you later this week. We all we got, we all we need, Fly Eagles Fly. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.